Welcome to ICUP with we. In the name of science, discovery, knowledge, and understanding, this is our ongoing examination of the insane clown posse. I'm Aaron. And I'm still Eric. And today we're reviewing 2019's Flip the Rat. shorts no underwear hoodie no shirt the person i'm about to introduce i would love to hear his thoughts on that but first let's let's get to what this is guys if you're listening for the first time hello if you're listening for the second time hello third time hello fourth fifth sixth i mean all the way up till 54th time hello if you're listening to this your 55th time you're a fucking liar (laughs) i'm gonna call you out on it and you need to feel bad for the rest of your life because this is only our 54th episode you motherfucker <laughs> guys welcome back to icup with we i am aaron alongside me today even though i probably could talk into a microphone for one hour and one half of one hour and not get tired and not know what to say i think i could probably do it i think i could 100 percent do it but I'm not going to do it today. Maybe on 55. We'll see. All you people that have listened to this uh, this show f- 55 times, clearly you're from the future. Tweeted us. Let me know if I do a solo episode next week. Well, guys, I might not be so low, but I am so high on my horse because I am doing a podcast with somebody that is a professional in the industry somebody that is an authority on the subject matter, somebody that says earlier on in this particular episode. And if you're paying attention roughly one and one half of one second before that, you would have heard him also say, we also freaked out before but that was both of our voices together, so you probably couldn't hear it distinctively unless we'll see how he edits it. We'll see. I can't wait personally. Eric, how you doing? I'll tell you what. Basketball shorts, no underwear. T shirt, crew neck sweatshirt. Ooh. T shirt, crew neck sweatshirt. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I think the basketball shorts no underwear is is a staple. It is a given for our recording days at this point it's man it's the only way to sleep and i'm gonna be honest i don't wake up and go you know what let me let me get a shower let me get dressed let me prepare for this i roll out of bed straight into the office sit down in front of the computer and and finish up whatever notes i have to do and then you're the first person i encounter in my day i mean my cats but you know uh, you're the first person i encounter on the internet other than my dog, you are the first sentient thing that I Correct. interact with on yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah. Same, 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 same. Perfect. I think honestly, and can I be? Can I speak my truth for a second, Eric? 
Uh, I always, always appreciate when you do, and I always hope that you feel empowered to tell the truth at all times. And and you are you are empowering me to do so right now, my friend. And I for am. that, I thank you a, a million times over. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I think that if we ever do a live show, I'm going to show up with basketball shorts and no underwear. Well, peep, it's going to really be a show then, isn't it? And if if we do a meet and greet afterwards and some little scamp might pants me during a meet and greet and <laughs> could you'll see my little bottom <laughs> and my little troll dick and my little troll balls. <laughs> what uh, what color are your basketball shorts? What team are you playing for? Uh, I'm wearing black basketball shorts right now. <laughs> just Just straight black? Just straight black nike logo and silver oh nike okay see mine are blue with uh, mm. black stripes mine are adidas i've got an adidas logo Ooh, adidas right. question okay i have a question and this is more of a i would love to hear your thought process on it yes type of thing, right? i am sponsored by adidas because i am signed to immortal records in the late 90s yes perfect okay that answers my first question okay Second question is what if somebody created a brand of shorts that were blue and their their special function is that they blew you? What would they call them? That I mean this would be absolutely key. I think they would call that it'd be absolute key. <laughs> I think they <laughs> I think they would probably call them I'm blue, daba dee daba die. Absolute key. Absolute key. Oh no. Oh my That's gosh. That's absolutely productions reference. It was. It was. Is it uh that guy? That's Tim Heidecker's dad. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I never yeah. Knew that's that. uh or maybe oh, oh, hold on maybe it's maybe it's Eric's dad. It's one of their fathers, though. Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. I, I remember long, long, long ago reading an uh, article about how they met. And they said they met in high oh, school. Geez. And I can't remember which one. I think it was Eric Wareheim. They were like, said that he was a baggy pants hardcore kid. And I was like, oh, man, so was I. So you, do you think you think that y'all would have gotten along? Yeah, probably. If you would have known each other? Yeah, yeah. I like to think we did in another alternate reality, probably. In the biblical sense. And and there was uh, a Tim and Eric and Eric. Tim and Eric and Eric. Right. Of course. That's what I think. Who doesn't know Tim and Eric and Eric? Well, I mean, in certain universes, people do. In certain universes, people don't. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. See, but but in those universes, you and I, this podcast wouldn't exist. Oh no, it still would. Yeah, we'd still do this. Oh, is it? But this, you and I would still do this, or you and and Tim and Eric would do this? No, no, you and I. But they would probably like guest here and there. I see you P with T and E and E. Yeah, with T, T, with T E and E. The only difference is the show is called the ICUP, the ICPT. Yeah, it's called like oh. like it's a play on words, but it's spelled T E E like a golf tee. But we're talking about the T like the T E A, as in like 
here's here's all the lowdown, the info you need to know. And people would get it. Free oh. golf fans <laughs> reviewing ICP. Yeah, there would be uh, copious golf references throughout every episode. Always hey, this, new and interesting. Uh, this song's like my nine iron. Too long. I, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> A nine iron is a relatively short club in the sense that it is not particularly long lengthwise, but it also uh, is not a very long shot. You don't hit very far. Right. So, I mean, maybe if you needed a pitching wedge or a putter, then you'd be like, that's way too long for this shot. Hey, we're talking golf Uh, right now. How about this? How about this? Yes. Okay. This song is like my short game. It's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know okay i feel like my long game is more everywhere than my short game to be honest and i don't even play golf. i can let me tell you i i do not play golf often i do find myself on the links on occasion i i can i can get the ball to the green pretty easily and then spend 45 minutes on the green (laughs) uh see if i wanted to when i was younger my dad wanted me to play golf because I think he thought, hey, this is a thing we can do. We'll go on Sundays and play golf together. And I was so bad at it that not only did we stop going golfing, he just quit golfing entirely. <laughs> so, yeah. I've always been a fan of golf, but growing up, I played baseball competitively. And playing golf during the baseball season messed with my baseball swing. So I wasn't able to play golf during the baseball season. Then the more competitive I got, baseball became year round. So I never golfed. And then after, you know, once I, it wasn't until back in college. that I was like, you know, I want to like pick up golf again. And then I've gone like maybe five times since. Yeah. It's fun. Like I like to be outside and and do stuff outside, but I'm not a big like organized sports fan. Like it's not not my right. thing. Like I don't generally like to watch it or or play whatever the sport is. It's just not my 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 thing really. Uh, but I I generally like to play a golf video game. I think we've spoken about this before. Golf video games can be pretty darn fun. Oh, we we definitely have because I have fully sunken myself into uh, PGA 2K21. Right. Right. Or at least I did a few months back. So, so I grew up, like my mom's side of the family, they were all big golfers. My grandpa, my uncle, they all, you know, they would golf three times, four times a week after work. So I grew up around golf and I really, really enjoyed it. It got to the point where it was like, okay, well, which am I better at, golf or baseball? And then I went with baseball because that's the one I was better at. <laughs> but sometimes I wish I had gone for golf. Hmm. Hey, listener. Do us a favor, tweet at us or email us if you're an email type ninja, uh, or text us or knock on our door or whatever you want to do. But let us know, which do you feel is less relevant to ICP, which is the topic of this podcast, breakfast foods or golf? Just let us know. Speaking of breakfast, Eric, I had an impulse buy the other day. Okay. Did you buy some sort of breakfast food franchise? Are you running a business now? I bought Jimmy Dean. Hell yes. Um, no, I bought this six pack of Mountain Dew Major Melon. I saw that it's at the watermelon, store. Watermelon, and it's like viciously pink. 
Yeah, is it why why I don't understand the military aspect of it. I think it rhymes with melon. That was the best and word that could come it. up was major, so they were like it's definitely this is a this is an army melon. Well, so I think that the guy uh in the board meeting was like, "No, Mayor Melon." Like he's the mayor of Mountain Dewville. And then the CEO's like, "Major Melon. I love it." But here's the thing, though. But this guy's, like, too awkward, you know? You could say Major Melon, and it Major could just be in the sense that they're, it's it's serious or a lot. Like, wow, this is a major amount True. of melon. Without making a graphic on it that is military-themed, which then forces it to be, you know, an army classification. You are the Major Melon. Major Melon. I don't... Is this a food yeah, fight? because, I is mean, going to Major be Melon is on dog tags right that's what i'm saying also there's also there's one watermelon with the major melon dog tags that sort of has this gritty face and he's wearing a helmet and he's a full melon okay then there's slices of watermelons that are monsters with like sharp teeth and like lime green like weird tongues i guess he's fighting other melons so first off you said full melon and i was like full melon jacket (laughs) (laughs) uh does this wait when a watermelon is cut open uh and sliced and eventually eaten and uh, the seeds pass through and pass you know to somewhere else uh, that's one way of uh, a fruit or plant spreading its seeds to grow elsewhere. But it's also a way for a melon to die. So are those slices babies or zombies or zombabies? I would like to think there's some sort of mix in between because they're they're definitely evil. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this is like watermelon this is how watermelons like asexually reproduce. They by budding, by splitting up and becoming two smaller mm versions of themselves yeah that's what i think listeners tweet at us <laughs> wow email us. hey how yeah, is hit it us up on wow is it good hit us up on wow <laughs> um yeah no it's uh it's it's fantastic actually oh wow good. i uh i drank I, I bought them yesterday morning i drank two of them by yesterday night whoa yeah no they uh they are not not good for me to keep around so i'm probably gonna drink them all this weekend oh yeah okay don't keep them around drink them all right now don't pace yourself don't go hey i'm gonna drink one of these a day just get them out of the way now so they're gone one hour later hey guys now that we've talked about major melon john john cougar major melon camp (laughs) is that something it's a well there's something there yes Okay, let's get into our review finally. What do we need to know about this album? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we need to know. Flip the Rat was initially announced in June of 2018, and it was billed as an EP, although the final album uh, actually contains 12 tracks and runs just shy of 50 minutes, which by every possible definition makes this an LP or a full album. Now, on Wikipedia... Mm -hmm. Somebody is trying to say that this is an MP or medium play album, but that's not really a thing. I, I researched it. I'd never heard of an MP. 
So I yeah, looked can we this not up. make it a thing either? No, I don't think it's going to be a thing. I think this is somebody <laughs> trying to make something out of nothing. But what stop I did discover. Stop making MP happen. Yeah, you're never going to make MP happen. Just stop trying. But so the record label, Decca, apparently in the 50s when they were making 10-inch microgroove records, now 10-inch records are definitely a thing, referred to them as MP or medium play. Uh, it didn't catch on. I don't see other people doing it. But even those albums held 12 minutes on each side. So that's a 24-minute album. Oh, yeah. I would still call that an EP by most modern definitions. This is an album. 12 tracks, 50 minutes. This is a full album by any any definition out there. Apparently, I've seen a few things that said that it was initially planned to be eight songs, which is still borderline. It's still borderline. That could go on either side. That could go EP, LP. But I would, I would allow somebody to say EP there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's it's on the uh, on the the verge, right, right on the line, on the precipice. Yes. So all physical and digital copies of Fearless Fred Fury, which released on February fifteenth, twenty nineteen, and we talked about it last week. If you didn't listen to that episode, go listen to it because it'll make this episode make so much more sense. But every copy of Fearless Fred Fury came with a code to download Flip the Rat. You could also, if you went to an indie record store, which I I guess there are chain record stores still, like FYE or something. I guess they didn't get this, but any indie record store probably could, but it was a a double disc. There was a, a sleeve, the disc for Fearless Fred Fury, and then the disc in its own case for Flip the Rat. That's the only way to get the physical CD from what I can tell. I don't mm. think they sold it separately. Now, later, Flip the Rat was released on all digital and uh, streaming platforms as a separate individual album on August 16th, 2019, and then they released a double LP on vinyl for Record Store Day on November 29th, 2019, limited to 2,000 copies. Production credits for this album, the different songs on the album, go to Straight Jacket, DJ Paul, Mike P, Seven, Kuma, Devereaux, Violent J, and Dr. Punch, who is also Violent J. And what I want to know is what determines whether he's credited as Violent J as a producer or Dr. Punch as a producer? Because different songs, there's at least two different songs on this album where he is clearly credited as a producer as Violent J and another one where he's clearly credited as Dr. Punch. Yeah, that's strange. Doesn't make any sense to me. But it, hey. it makes no sense at all. He, he, honestly, here's what I want to know. They they were notorious for doing this like years ago, but in 2019, why on earth are you putting something out then releasing it for digital later? I feel like everything these days should just be released for digital and they do better. Yeah, I'm actually surprised because publishing to digital platforms is very simple. It's a pretty much turnkey process. You can do it yourself. Yeah. You don't even need to work through a distributor to do it. My suspicion is they are doing it to drive physical sales. That way, if you want to hear the album, you got to go buy it. And they're trying to squeeze some extra money out of it before they put it on digital platforms. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, how much more money would you make from that? I feel like people that are buying digital buy digital either way. Yeah, but I also or, think... Or, I'm sorry, people that are buy physical buy f- physical no matter what. 
Yeah, but I think you might get some people that would go, hey, normally I would just go to Spotify and jam this uh, day one. But since it won't be out for another, you know, seven or eight months, I guess I'll go. You do have a good point. Yeah. Yes. I guess I'll go Um, buy the album. The question is, does that trade off? Did they make more money by doing that than they would have if they would have released it? digitally on the same day and had all those extra months of royalties coming in i mean yeah simultaneous release just do it at the same time and and collect money for your plays yeah 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 Uh, who knows because they're they're big enough to talk about collecting money for their plays oh yeah i'm sure they could although 100 for the last few years plays on their albums are not they are down they're not going into the millions by any means so Maybe not. Maybe they. Maybe their their fan base has aged with them and stuck with a physical, and they're not much in the way of digital listeners. But I can't think that's true. Yeah, I don't know. If anybody has any insight and would like to get in on this conversation, I would genuinely. I know yeah. we we joke about tweeting at us, but I would genuinely want to know and open up a dialogue about this either on Twitter or through email or something because it's. It's got a lot of moving pieces, I think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious if there if there is a benefit to doing it that way. Uh, if that, I mean, our speculation if that's correct or not, who knows? Yeah, we could be uh, talking like two uneducated idiots. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Well, hey, we got we got our info. It's given us a deeper appreciation of this work of art. So let's talk about this work of art, starting with the artwork. Oh, I like that. The album cover. I, yeah. th- I, I came up with that just now, and I very much so enjoyed saying that. I, well, I'm it was glad great. that you liked it. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. I would love to hear your thoughts on this album cover, though. I think this album cover is great. I love this Flip the Rat design. I like the reversal of the coloring from... Uh, yeah. Fearless Fred Fury, because Fearless Fred Fury is on that black background, and you've got him in red flipping this, but using the same colorway. Really cool. Very dynamic and bold. And honestly, up close, you can see highlights and detail in Flip the Rat that you couldn't see very well on the full album cover. But I think this is great. I think the cover is great. I think the simple layout and booklet are cool. I like the pictures of Jay and Shaggy. I think those are cool. You've got Jay sort of doing the Fearless Fred Fury-esque punch coming straight toward the camera. Overall, I dig this. What do you think? This might be my favorite album cover that we've seen. I think that the big, bold colors, swapping it from what Fred looked like, genius, not using too much detail on purpose, and it works out very well. I like that he's peeking out of a little pocket think that's amazing all the inside stuff the pictures of of jay and shaggy are incredible the back is cool i mean you get fred's fist on the back tie him in you know as as the joker's card to this Mm -hmm. this is sick yeah i think every aspect of this design is actually stronger than the design for fearless fred fury and yeah i'm stoked that the booklet doesn't have eight pages of advertisements for other albums and events and stuff coming out. It's just about this. That never did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff that never actually uh, happened. 
Yeah, no, this is amazing. Honestly, I would, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that based off of what I've listened to, but I was going to say, I would try and search for this, I think, as a vinyl. It's cool. It would be cool to own it just because it looks good. And I would say that of this second deck era, I do think the Bang Pow Boom cover was good. That's, that's to me, the strongest Joker's card cover so far. But Uh this might be my favorite cover of the since the the first deck era i would say maybe well okay guys that is our thoughts on this work of arts artwork let's go ahead and get into our our track by track thoughts guys eric touched on it we have 12 tracks that run close to 50 minutes in total so let's jump in with the intro eric thoughts i think this is fine there are some audio similarities to the intro from Fearless Fred Fury. There's this sort of digital descending noise that begins this that's common between the two. And I'm not completely sure what's happening. You've got somebody uh, pleading, saying, I didn't really want to die. And I guess asking not to kill him again. I was thinking at first, I'm like, oh, this is somebody begging Fearless Fred Fury not to punch him because that's what Fearless Fred Fury does. But then it sounds Uh like this person is beheaded and you hear the head fall and we hear Flip the Rat squeaking. So I'm not 100% sure what goes on there. I thought maybe we would hear a a punch, kapow kind of sound. But it's short. It's fine. What would you think? So uh, first of all, this this was a great production, just like the intro for Fearless Fred Fury. Mm -hmm can't blame them or get mad at them or knock them for that knock them was the word i was trying to use i think from my understanding this guy died from fred then yeah gets beheaded by flip because he says i didn't really want to die so this this is me i feel like this is him saying like oh my god i didn't like mean it i actually don't want to like this is retrospective after fred punches him i wasn't sure if it was like somebody that killed themselves and they're going wait i didn't want to die and i was like oh could be that too yeah could be that too i don't know this made me very optimistic to hear more about flip and in his story and more about maybe this guy Mm. going on throughout the uh ep do we no, not at all. No, nothing else. Nothing not a else. single second of of the next eleven tracks talk about flip, other than I think one line mentions him, but not even in the context of what he does, but just kind of name drops him. Yeah, we hear squeaking once or twice, but that's about all. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, we get nothing about flip after this, no. and that kind of really sucks because this intro piqued my interest about flip and wanting to know more about him. I'd argue that this intro doesn't actually tell you anything about flip. Yeah, no, I don't think it does. I think it, it tells you that he exists and he's hanging around people that are dead. I guess. I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's it. I want more. Well, you're not going to get more. So instead, good. Thanks. Let's go to track two, and you can tell us what you thought of a face for number four fighting. Okay, so a face for fighting, five for fighting. That's, that was a band, right? It was a band. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay, cool. I thought I completely made that up. No. The say in my head it sounded correct. The second I said it, I was like, there's no way that's a thing. Uh, but apparently it is. Okay, so five for five uh or <laughs> a face for fighting. This song is essentially about Jay uh rapping about you know getting in fights because his face kind of just pisses people off. Or at least that's what verse one is. And then verse two is sort of seemingly slips into him lashing back, which then slips even further into him, into just one liners that really aren't saying anything. They're just kind of like random violent acts. So it, this song started off telling with the potential uh, to tell a very interesting story and fell flat on its back. Uh, you get fight back being chanted multiple times throughout the song, which I believe it. I mean, that's a callback. I forget to which song though. Red Fred. There's also a whole song called fight back later that has it more. In fact, it's the one we're going to talk about next, but we'll get to that when we get to it. I thought the beat was pretty cool though. I was vibing with it. I thought, um, I thought straight jacket did a really good job with the, the production on this beat. The flows were fine up until we get to the last verse and it just becomes stupid. And then we get a homophobic slur at the end. Yeah, that's true. Great. I, yeah, I don't know. We, uh, we're, I'm not even going to talk about it. There's we, y'all know there's not, it's not worth talking about at this point. This song sucks unless you're not paying attention to it then it sounds fine. What are your thoughts? Uh, so I didn't see anything about this anywhere. I looked in the liner notes. I checked on the internet. But the second I heard this, I went, oh, they're covering Blue Monday. Because the music oh. sounds just like it. This is pure speculation on Eric's part. The music doesn't sound exactly the same, but there are similarities in the chord progression. Listen for yourself. Now, when the beat comes in, it really, you know, kind of changes the tone of it. But I totally thought there was going to be a hook that had the, how does it feel? You know, I thought that was going to totally be in here. It wasn't. There was no hook. But you're right. This The song's about fighting, but it's not about starting fights. It's literally about fighting back, uh, which is a theme from Fearless Fred Fury. Uh, there are multiple sequences where Jay just talks about one-upping whatever you do to him in return. So if you poke him with a toothpick, he'll stab you with a pencil. If you stab him with a pencil, he'll stab you with a drumstick. If you stab him with a drumstick, he'll stab you with a telephone pole. Uh, and there are multiple sequences like that. You're right. There is that interesting line at the end where he uses a homophobic slur. But somehow he's trying to use this line to reclaim that word. Because he uses it, and then he says, you're an F slur, not because you're queer, 
Everywhere yeah. you go sucks because you're there. As if he's trying to go, hey, this isn't a homophobic slur. It's got nothing to do with that. But I'm like, but it you still it still is. That's still that word. You, you can't you can't claim, reclaim the word in that way. But exactly. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Again, no hook in this song, just verse after verse. And during the last verse, every single line ends with fight back. But the way they say it sounds like they're tired. Like, I know it's the same as in Red Fred, but it sounds oddly disinterested in this track. Fight back. The way it just comes down like that. It's very weird. Uh, and honestly, I'm kind of glad there's no hook because... There are some truly painful hooks on this album, so this song probably benefits from not having one. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that uh, if there was a chorus added in this song, I would probably rip into it more than I did. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Hey guys, that's our our thoughts on uh, Face for Fighting. Let's go on to the next track, track number three, Fight Back, featuring DJ Paul. I'll tell you what, if you didn't hear Fight Back enough during the last song, you here's a shitload more of Fight Backs. Because they say it <laughs> a lot in this song. Also, this song is called Fight Back featuring DJ Paul. Now, DJ Paul definitely produced the track, and it sounds like him on the hook, but he doesn't have a verse on this song. I kept waiting for it, but it never happened. Yeah, I did not hear a dedicated verse and so i i kind of thought the same thing it was it was a little weird yeah yeah usually i wouldn't think you'd put featuring for a production credit or even i mean maybe just on the hook i guess is the featuring but i would think a feature would be him doing a verse either way this is a song full of one-liners about how much of a loser you are and there i'll tell you there are some truly timely references in this one. For instance, Kool-Aid commercials from the 70s, a Prince song yep. from 1984, the Millie Vanilli scandal from the 90s. I mean, all of this stuff, so timely. I think the beat is kind of cool. I do like I do like the beat. The hook is weird to me because it's, I assume, DJ Paul saying, you don't want it with me, fight back. It, I think you don't want it with me. It's just a weird way to say you don't want to start a fight with me because I've never heard anybody say that. You don't want it with me. Uh, I get it, right. but it seems strange. This song is okay. I feel like by this point, I've heard this concept plenty enough between these two albums and they can move on from it. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, a lot of the same. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. A couple lines I have written down. The first one is uh, literally the first line of verse one, which is you're so dumb, you use your dickhead for your brain. I thought that was a, a great way to kind of start it and like really let them know what this song is about, I guess. However, uh, I, I thought that was a standout line, but they don't they don't lean into that concept. They don't go anywhere with that. Oh, God, no, they don't. Yeah, it falls flat almost immediately. Take that line. You're so dumb, you use your dickhead for your brain which is a funny and also clever line. Mm -hmm. And it dilutes down to this line right here. You're so shitty. You're the chairman of the doo-doo committee. <laughs> so yeah. kind of, that's kind of where we go from verse one to verse two. The, there are um, <laughs> lines like they, they say somebody's a doo-doo head later. They say something about kids in the potty. There's a lot of, almost baby talk kind of stuff going on yeah. in this album 
it's weird. It's strange. I don't like it. The, yeah, this is just, I mean, it's it, it kind of just, again, diluted down to another one-liner song with very dated references. Yeah. Course was catchy, super repetitive, though, and after hearing Fight Back so much in A Face for Fighting, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it by halfway through this song. So the chorus, it, the chorus turned on me towards the end, and then having the outro be the same thing, it's like, dude, I just get, get on to the next song, please. Yeah, other than that, beat was okay, flows were okay, nothing super stand out. I, I mean, I agree. And uh, to reference your earlier thoughts, let's get to the next song. The next song, oddly, I feel like this song could have been called Revenge. But the next song is called Revenge. Track four. What were your thoughts on Revenge? This song is not as good as the Mammoth Grinder song of the same name. This beat. uh, Okay, so the intro, uh, it's funny. The beat kind of sounded like the 2017 double XL freshman cypher beat. Same thing as before. Listen for yourself. just pulled out of the darkest recesses of my memory weird that's weird and then it's just in the intro it, it gets lost like pretty quickly after they like start rapping but yeah it was so weird this song is violent but without earning it so basically uh this is this song is about all the different ways violent jay and shaggy would get revenge on whoever Kill your fucking mama, send her nipples to your house, commit a home invasion, slap a brick across your mouth. So it's not necessarily just being violent to this one person, but being violent to the people in their life as well. Other than that, like I said, this is a song about that's violent with no explanation of why, no story of why, no tie-in to flip or fred i mean fred fred was mentioned in the song this is the song where fred's mentioned but it just seems like one of those shock shock value songs outside of that i think the beat was fine flows were fine middle of the road mike p did an okay job maybe phoned it in a little bit but i was not a huge fan of this one yeah i would say i'm not a huge fan of this one either now because I have listened to the song so, so, so many times, and you've probably heard it three or four times, it might not have immediately been apparent to you, but Jay's cadence on this song is identical to his flows on Sleepwalker. I don't know if it's intentional, but it's so similar and obvious, it almost has to be. This one is not speculation. Listen. It's like, if you listen to the two songs side by side, like, as a matter of fact, we were in the car, and as soon as it started, Christy goes, this is the same as, and I was like, Sleepwalker, and she was like, yeah. Okay, now listen to them at the same time. I mean, not the same lyrics, but his cadence is exactly the same, and it's kind of a unique cadence, so he has to know that he just did the exact same thing as on that song. It's very weird to me. Right. 
Shaggy comes in and does his parts and it changes up the cadence and it's kind of cool. I, I don't, this song is still about fighting back. This is a third song in a row about fighting back. To me, fight back, revenge are kind of the same thing. And again, we had talked in the last episode, we had sort of alluded to the fact that if the fight back is more referencing fight back against the things that are metaphorically holding you down and, you know, get out there and live your life and be the best you you can be and fight back against the emotional things that are impacting you and and things like that. It's a great message. But all of these songs are about physically retaliating against somebody. And I don't know if that's meant to be metaphorical, but it certainly doesn't sound that way. This song kind of sounds like they're angry at people that ride their coattails because there's certain references to people taking advantage of them, I guess. The the biggest issue I have with this song is that the hook sounds absolutely broken. The singing is not only sour, it's off time, and it makes me crazy. Now, I don't mind things that are intentionally built to be sound off time but are in time. This one, it, it feels like they recorded this hook to a click and then slapped it over a beat that doesn't match that click. I don't know what the deal is, but I, I couldn't go back and listen to this again recreationally because of the hook i just don't like it right uh i think the hook is probably the worst part about this song yeah for sure that was revenge let's move on to the next song i'm very very excited to hear your thoughts on this one i'm that type uh featuring ouija mac luigi mcintyre right so the first thing that stands out to me when i listen to this is i went is this music fuck the world from Jekyll Brothers. Is it a remix of Fuck the World? I actually think they sampled that track to make this track. Speculation. It's not a remake. It's not a remix of that song, but the music definitely lifts samples from that song. Speculation. So they sampled one of their own songs to make a new song. Speculation. Which is different. And if I'm wrong there, somebody let me know. This song is a bunch of one-liners, and here's the format of these one-liners. I'm the type of scrub that's cool. You're the type of scrub that isn't cool. There's a lot here about the you're the type of scrub that's a loser and is weak. And that's it's it's an insult song like I'm cool because I'm a scrub, but I've got powerful friends and I've got money and cars and stuff. And you're lame because you're the type of scrub that's scared of people and is a loser and can't fight back or whatever. The beat changes up for Ouija Max verse. And I actually think. His verse sounds pretty good, but overall, I was like, uh, whatever. What did you think? I'm so pissed off that this song falls flat because Ouija Mac deserves better for this sick verse. Yeah, his verse is good. Even on the hook, I like Ouija Mac's part. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, he he did a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, another one-liner song that's, I'm the, I'm the cool scrub, you're the lame scrub. 
I thought the beat was sick throughout. Honestly, I think that was probably the strongest point of the song. Lyrics fell flat, but the way they said them, the flows were were, were pretty good. But man, Ouija Mac, bitch, I'm a scrub, piss in the tub. Shorty want it bubbly, let it rip in the tub. <laughs> Is so good. Uh, I that's how he starts his verse, yep. and literally like. My demeanor went from like tired and defeated to yo, like the <laughs> second he started. So I have to say, as of right now, best feature on this entire EP, hands down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And honestly, in 20 minutes, I probably will be saying the same thing. I will probably be confirming it. But other than that, this song, it was very lackluster. Yeah, pretty. Uh, it's it's just it's fine. Which actually being just fine so far, I think is a good thing. Let's move on to track six. I am so eager to hear your thoughts on this song. This one's called "Hungry" and it's featuring Big Hoodoo. This song sucks. <laughs> um, I will elaborate. So you find out very quickly that this song, being hungry is a metaphor for wanting to chase the bag. Yeah. Wanting to make a bunch of money. Yes. And so, you know, my big brother is a chef. I want to thank yo. He gave me the secret recipe for bank rolls. Cheese is money. I'm a big fat cheddar hungry 10 ton hippo. <sighs> this is all the first verse, by the way, everything I've said so far. Yes. And then they lean into it way too hard. I think they lean into it way too hard and they don't really elaborate on anything other than I'm hungry for cheese and bread. I want money. Yes. I want it now. Like I give me money. I want money. Give me money kind of thing. If your bitch offers selling Ned and let her, I thought that was actually a pretty, <laughs> pretty fun line. But uh, then the uh, when the chorus kicks in, you get probably the worst off-pitch singing mm. I have heard mm-hmm. in a very long time from them. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that you kind of like grimace at. Like you, you, your face squishes up and it looks like you're like letting out a sort of spicy fart. <laughs> But you're you're just really it's like nails on a chalkboard. This this singing is yeah, it is not great. This song it's just so fucking lame. Just I want money. I want money. Uh, I'm like I'm gonna dedicate my life to get money. Shit like that. Big Hoodoo's verse changes it up a little bit, and actually was pretty dope. I will say Big Hoodoo. Big shout out to Big Hoodoo's verse. This might be the second best feature on the EP. Yeah, it was good. Other than that, nothing. Nothing out of this song. This song is incredibly cheesy, but not in the money way. What are your thoughts? Uh, Well, and I don't know where this is coming from. Maybe these things are intentional or not. But I listened to this song and... Jay's cadence at the beginning, I went, I've heard this before. Where have I heard this before? And it's oh, because no. his cadence on this track is almost identical to the song Ink Town Posse from Beverly Kills. And in that song, he says, Well, you know, Violent Jay's kind of wicked. If there's a bugger in my nose, I'm a picket. And in this oh, one, yeah. 
he's he the, those lines at the beginning where he's talking about my big brother is the chef i want to thank yo he gave me the secret recipe for bank rolls it's the same he he does the same thing and i mean sometimes cadences to music are just accidentally that's that's how it's gonna how you're gonna flow to the beat and there are certain rappers that use the same cadences all the time but it was funny right. to hear something that so distinctly i went i've heard this before so there's that i think the beat is fine i actually i agree with a lot of what you said there's a little bit that i don't agree with i think this song could have been cool and fun i think there's elements of it that that kind of are you know obviously it's mm-hmm. about making money i like the fact that they used some wordplay and played into people calling money things like cheese and cheddar and dough and bread i i get what they did there there's a concept it's kind of clever i think the verses are okay jays and shaggy's verses are okay i agree hoodoo's verse was cool i liked hearing his voice on there to break things up that's cool but yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, that hook destroys this song. Like to the point where I can't listen to this song because of that hook. It, the singing is so fucking sour. Like even if you're trying to make a joke, it'd be fun to do once and you go, okay, you're you're intentionally trying to sing bad. But it, it left me really missing the days when Legs Diamond was part of the production and singing the hooks. Yeah. It, and right. when Young Wicked was producing and singing hooks on their tracks, like, fuck, I miss that. Because this, this is not okay. It's not okay. You, you destroyed a song that otherwise would have been a fun listen, I think. The hook is cheese and bread, cheese and bread. I'm hungry for that cheese and bread. But the first two times I listened to the song, I thought they were saying cheesy bread. And I'm like, yeah, cheesy bread's pretty good. I could go for some cheesy bread. Yeah. So I, I, I the song is ruined by the hook for me. So that's my thoughts. The hook by far is the worst part. Yes, yes. I agree. Perfect. Let's move on to the next song. A song that I decided to, on my first listen, uh, draw a bath for. Eric Splish Splash. <laughs> you know, when I heard Splish Splash, my brain didn't immediately go to a bathtub. I just thought of water or the beach or water parks or something. I don't know. I guess there's that old song, Splish Splash, I was taking a bath, but my brain didn't go there. So there's a skit at the beginning, and Violent J yeah. is talking on the phone to something. And my brain went, is he talking to some kind of sea creature or a dolphin? Because it's just... But then you find out it's supposed to have been an actual woman that he's trying to invite over. Once the song kicks in, I thought the music was pretty cool. It's very fun. The production is fun. I like the funness of this beat. The song is about jumping in the tub and cleaning up your girl. That's like his thing. His thing is, come over, let's get in the bathtub, and I'll clean you up before we have sex and there's some funny lines hit it from the back soapy loving titty prince on glass that's awesome that ned and blowing bubbles pink and blue in the air i pictured that and i was like that's pretty funny my favorite line in the whole song he's talking about showers with four shower heads and bathtubs and all this stuff and clearly i'm like man do you ever get out of the bathtub and there's a line where he says about that water bill for real you plan to leave a couple dollars and i was like that's that's pretty good. That's funny. There's also a The Frog reference in here. There's a ribbit. I, and I thought that was kind of cool. There's also several references to how large this woman is that he's talking about. The song does drag out a bit at the end. 
but it's not super long. It's a funny, lighthearted song. I don't know. What did you think? Okay, first of all, I literally have the water bill line written down because, oh my God, it was so funny. It was. It was hilarious. Like, hey, like, yeah, we fucking, but like, hey, you want to toss a couple bucks down for the water bill? Because it's uh, cha-ching, adding up. I think that that's funny because they're talking about getting Cheddar in the song before this, and now they're like, hey, listen. Yeah. That uh, making cheesy bread did not work out so well. Going to need you to help with the water bill this month. I think the song is has some f- really fun and funny stuff in it. I think the beat is stand out. I also think that uh, the chorus is a little dumb. I think the chorus is probably the weakest part about it after some really good stuff in the verses. But other than that, I mean, it's a fun. I don't really have much to say uh from what you've already said, it's a. I think it's a fun song, not particularly like an amazing standout track. But after five or six just one-liner songs and weird songs, you know, I enjoyed listening to this a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll see you where on that the hook is not great. However, it's fun and it's not packed full of awful singing that destroys the song. So you can still listen and have fun with it. And I think. I I have to assume this has got to be a fan favorite track. Like playing this live, people probably have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I also can get behind the concept. You know, you got to stay clean. Yeah, absolutely. Clean that butt crack. Yeah. Let's move on to another track. This one is called Friend Request. This is track eight. What are your thoughts on Friend Request? Friend Request. This song is weird. So the first verse is Violent J trying to abduct a child as a sexual predator. Because uh, he even goes out and says, I'm, I'm a bit of a fibber, a play pretender. I'm supposed to say that I'm a sex offender. Ha ha. Then it gets into the chorus. F to the R-I-E-N-D-R-E-Q-U-E-S-T. We're best friends like friends should be. I sent you a friend request. Add me. What the fuck? You know, that's the hook, right? Yeah. And that is a a reference to social media. But none of these examples in the verses have anything to do with meeting people over social media they're all in-person encounters that are not sending people friend requests it's almost like they didn't understand the concept of their own song when they wrote the verses this is a boomer ass song about social media i'll tell you that much um (laughs) right but yeah because yeah no so so after the chorus there's there's a little bit of an intro like an introduction to each verse right yeah so like the next one is hi i'm sam i'm looking for somebody to watch scary movies on netflix and then shaggy goes into like I'll I sent you a friend request and kill you pretty much but also talking about like slapping her friend's ass I I don't know this song it, it, there there's a clear disconnect between the chorus and the verses cuz the chorus are clearly talking about social media the verses like you said are very much so clearly talking about in-person encounters hi it's Pat here if you like milkshakes give me a call and then we have sort of a uh, a long outro. Uh, this chorus, it's not the worst chorus on this album. We've already gotten to that one. 
but man, is it very, very far down there for me. Well, number one, we have not gotten to the worst chorus on this album. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, oh hell my no. goodness. I oh, cannot hell. wait to hear that. Okay, I cannot wait. Uh, but oh, number no. two, I think this chorus would have been fine if the song made sense with that concept. This song, Friend Request, is kind of reminiscent of Game Over from Fearless Fred Fury, where I'm like, your concept doesn't... That concept at least was a little more cohesive, even if I didn't agree with what they were saying. This one, yes, I think there are definitely predators that start by meeting people online, and then that leads to in-person interactions, right? And I thought that's where they were going to go with this. And at first, when I listened to it, I'm like, maybe I just missed the connecting dots there. But it doesn't. I feel like they didn't understand the idea of sending somebody a friend request because there are three verses and three examples. The first one, like you said, is a clown that's a sex offender trying to pick up kids, not on the Internet, just in the ways that your parents were always like, hey, if 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 somebody tells you they're trying to find their puppy and you need to go help them find it, don't go like there. That's the kind of stuff that's going on here. The second verse is a stepdad that is. Also a pedophile targeting his stepdaughter and her friends. Again, nothing to do with social media. You are in the house with them. It, it's very strange. And then the third one is a guy. There's that line that you mentioned like, hey, you know, I'm looking for somebody to watch Netflix with or whatever. It's almost like from a, a the old school like video dating things that, that were yeah, in the 80s or 90s. Very video dating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then this has nothing to do with this. This is a guy at a bar that walks up to a girl and offers to buy her a drink. And he's like, yeah, I just got out. She goes, got out of what? And he's like, "Uh, college, I'm a lawyer, which is a funny line. It works. But then that one very quickly spirals out of control to where they're at the bar. And then they start a relationship and then they're together. And then he starts uh, abusing and controlling her all within a few lines. And I'm like, none of this has anything to do with friend requests or social media. Right. Now, if you want to just make a song about predators, go ahead, but change the hook and title to something that doesn't reference social media or find a way to tie all those things to being careful who you meet online. It was the hook was almost like a cautionary tale for talking to a kid like, hey, be careful who you accept friend requests from because you don't know who's lurking out there and what they're trying to do. That's almost verbatim the type of thing they're saying here. There's some bad singing here. The music overall is just okay. And I agree. It goes longer than it should. Yeah. See, I think you even gathered more than I was able to gather yeah. on this one. This this song is not fully fleshed out. It's a big miss. Yeah. yeah. Although I think if they took the friend request thing and if they took like if they took the chorus out of this song and fleshed that out and added a chorus about, you know, child predators into this song it would work like they would have two good songs i think or if they tweaked this song to make every one of those interactions start with meeting somebody online luring them in and then it leads into an in-person experience that would make for one great song yeah i think it could have worked and 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 we're talking about adding six lines at most right Something that could have done, they could have done in the studio, right? Oh my god! Well, hey, that was friend request. Uh, add me. 
let's get to the next song. Another one produced by Devereaux called I Could Never. What yeah. are your thoughts? I like the music here again. I like the beat. I actually like the concept of this song because it feels on brand for for them. The song is basically about how difficult it would be to be God and pondering what it would be like to have that much power and never be surprised or shocked by anything, to never have the type of pleasure that somebody who is a mere mortal would have from simple things, but also all of the challenges that would come with being God and and managing the entire world and all of the people. But there's something really wrong with this. I think this song has the worst hook, not only on this album, but on any song maybe I've ever heard uh, an actual real musical artist put out on an album or even as a single, I've heard local bands that have some terrible singing but holy fuck, the singing on this is so bad. Like, Violent J, this is not okay. This is a very serious song, and I can't tell whether this is supposed to be a joke, but it doesn't sound like it. It just sounds like bad singing. And somehow, they also found a woman to share the chorus with him that is just as sour and out of tune as he is, <laughs> unless it's just his vocals pitched up, which it might be. I don't know. But it is awful. It is awful the hook makes it um, impossible to listen to this song like fucking spend some money and bring someone in to sing on the hooks this is the worst hook on this album on any of their albums okay well we got to it this was the one i had in mind when you said that we still had not got to it i was like okay well it has to be it has to be uh, i could never yeah not much to say that you have not already said. I share pretty much everything. Although, honestly, I do think uh, I do think that the chorus in Hungary is is worse than this. Hmm. Um, it's tough. I think this one's worse, but that one's bad. But uh, it, it should be this. This whole EP should be a wake up call to to hire outside help for singing courses. Yeah, <laughs> you have the money to do it. <laughs> Violet J obviously likes to sing. He likes to. And there's nothing wrong with that. You cannot be a great singer, but love singing. But start another project and and get that out and put your ego aside and hire somebody to come in and make your songs great. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Because I think that this song could have been amazing. Yeah. But the chorus took it out for me. Yeah. No, I think Devereaux did a splendid job again on this beat. I would love to see more of him around yeah for sure uh or or her i thought the flows were great in the verses chorus completely wrecked this song for me also i think the song is two minutes too long i think that the, uh, it's a it, it's over five minutes it's five minutes and seven seconds i think a this song three minutes long trim the fat rework the chorus great song yeah probably true that's probably so as true. of right now uh so i could never has seventy nine thousand plays that this is a clear and concise point of where people turned this EP off after this song. And it's a very good thing they did. Because it goes from 79 to 58 to 56 to the last song having 76. But yeah, this is, this is where they lost people. Well, very we're going to keep going though. Yes. We're going to go to the next song and boy, I've, I've got some real thoughts about this one, and I'm curious to see if you do. This is a song called Hawking. Tell us your thoughts. 
I thought it was amazing. Uh, no. The song was produced by Seven. Beat isn't particularly good. And this song is, is pretty much talking about like how fucked up the world is. A little convoluted, but so... I did laugh at one line. Connoisseurs tell me what they uh, did to the meat. Answer, fucked it, injected it with shit and skeet. Uh, just because I think skeet is re- a really funny word. <laughs> they they um, touch on some stuff about the chemicals and stuff we use uh, in the food yeah. industry. And yet they they kind of botch the message. But hey, whatever. They bought. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this song was half an idea that never fully made it to fruition and i think maybe saving this song and continuing to work on it maybe putting it out later on another release would have made it way better there's a suge knight reference that was pretty fun there is and i'm going to talk about that in a second here outside of this i think this song is incredibly lackluster i think the outro is way too fucking long there's not really a clear there's not a chorus it's just verse one, verse two, verse three, verse four. And in each verse, Violent J and Shaggy are, are trading off lines, pretty much. This song is incredibly, incredibly forgettable to me. Well, I wouldn't say I think it's forgettable. Uh, I will say that I think that the absolutely awful fucking singing continues from the last track into the beginning of this one. Very bad. Very yes. bad. Once we get to the verse, it gets a little bit better. Uh, this song is basically a cross between a song like Miracles. Like, there's a little bit of that, but it's mostly the darker stuff. It's mostly the, like, questions and uh, how many times and all that kind of stuff about how fucked up the world is. It's kind of asking questions, right? It, it's a yeah. similar format to that. It's the dark side. It's the yin to the yang of Miracles, if you will. But this song is problematic as fuck. Some of it is trying to point out issues and injustices in the world, but there's a ton of conspiracy theory shit here. And I have a question for you. Uh, What do you know about QAnon? In our following statements, we are in no way implying that the Insane Clown Posse are supporters of QAnon. We are simply pointing out similarities in the lyrics of this song to a number of conspiracy theories, including several which are associated with the beliefs of QAnon followers. Uh, what do you know about QAnon? Not much. Not much? Okay, because there's a ton of QAnon stuff in this song. Oh, uh, no. That's, I, that's probably why this song completely went over my head. So, there's a documentary on HBO about QAnon, and I watched part of it, and I went, wow, this is crazy. One of the things that stood out to me big time is that one of the main symbols that the QAnon followers use is the number 17 because q is the 17th letter of the alphabet and i thought wow if i was icp i'd be really nervous about putting 17 on stuff but they've leaned big time into 17 this song is a little bit scary and irresponsible here are just a few of the things that they say in this song they believe that the government has a lunar base and watches us from space constantly surveilling everyone they believe that easy tupac and prince had some sort of knowledge that the government didn't want us to know about so the government killed them uh they believe that the government framed suge knight for the murders of easy and tupac just to distract us they 
They believe that the government is using the music our kids listen to to steer them into jail because the government makes money off of having people in jail. They say that 9-11 was an inside job. They say that the government controls the weather and uses it to cause natural disasters. And verse 4 is actually directly filled with QAnon references. They say, signs, logos, barcodes that speak evil behind closed doors, rituals of eating people, which they, one of the beliefs of QAnon is that the people that are in control um, eat babies to gain some sort of power from one of the chemicals in their blood, creepy man snakes, secret handshakes, secret societies, cliques of pedophiles. They also believe that pedophilia is a big part of, of the controlling powers billionaire boys clubs with satanic styles again they believe that there is satan worship going on and things and the creepy man snakes reference is a reference to the fact that there is some belief that there are lizard people that are it partially in control there's a lot of stuff there that if it's accidentally aligned with QAnon's stuff i'd be shocked because some of it really very closely aligns with QAnon's teachings and and beliefs right i definitely caught like the 9-11 reference and a couple other conspiracies but no yeah i'm not super i i don't really know anything man uh about QAnon, but i, I kind of want to go watch that documentary now you should it's very interesting um the other thing to your point just talking about the song is the actual song itself ends around 3 30 but there's awful singing that continues for another two minutes it's very long yeah. very long yeah too too long if this song is just them trying to reference things they've heard and they don't realize what they're saying, that's one thing. But man, that one that one scares me a little. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I definitely get that. I would say irresponsible is the right word. Yeah. QAnon or simply Q is a discredited American far-right conspiracy theory alleging that a cabal of satanic cannibalistic pedophiles run a global child sex trafficking ring and conspired against former President Donald Trump during his term in office. QAnon is commonly described as a cult. QAnon supporters have accused many liberal Hollywood actors, Democratic politicians, and high-ranking government officials of being members of the cabal. There is a lot of overlap between the lizard people theory and QAnon, which baselessly alleges the existence of a deep state cabal of human traffickers and pedophiles who drink the blood of children. Not directly related to QAnon, the two main weather control conspiracy theories revolve around the thought that the United States government controls the weather through a technology called R, as well as airplane-produced chemtrails. Well, hey, that was that irresponsible song. Yeah. It's time to move on to the next song. The dog. Not really as cool as the way I said it. No. Why does it have two G's? I thought for sure it was going to be about Snoop Dogg because he always spells it with two G's. You know, I thought that as well. Yeah. It's not, though. Not the case. Not the, the case. This song, a big portion of it, the hook, uh, reimagines Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. Uh, when I, I, I listened to the song. Who's and I went, Alice in Chains? Um, she's a porn star, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, it has, she has to be. I'm there has sure. to be a porn star named Allison Chains. There's no I, way. I'm sure. I'm totally sure. Uh, the singing on this version, pretty bad, though. Not not as good as the original version of the song. For me, the story of this one was extremely hard to follow. Even trying to pay attention to the lyrics and reading through, from what I can tell, it's about a kid who's abused by his stepfather, but asks his mom to save him and she doesn't. Then when he goes to school, he's abused there as well. And he again asks his mom to save him, but she says, just tell him you're their friend and she doesn't help. Then there's a really kind of confusing portion where he gets mugged or, or beat up or something. And he kills his mother with a bowling pin and gets committed for two years. And then it turns into a totally different song for a while. 
But then he escapes and it turns back into this song again. And then he goes and finds his stepdad and kills him with a bowling pin. The singing is bad and the song is a little bit confusing. Feels very much like an outtake, but way too refined production to be an outtake. So I don't know what's going on, but what were your thoughts? I think that this sounded like an outtake, but a good outtake. It definitely needed more work, but overall, I actually enjoyed the story and I enjoyed this song. So at at first, I I thought that this was actually going to be a song about Violent J's childhood. And then it quickly sort of, you realize after, you know, he says, you know, he's crying out for his mom and his mom kind of doesn't do shit, right? Yeah, I uh, you kind of realize, okay, this is actually just a, a, a story of another child. Right. I had the right? same thought, although I'm um, sure some of it is inspired a, a little bit by his experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure it is. It is huge rock chorus with big guitars in it. I'm fine with it, though, because actually I'm, I'm pretty OK with the chorus comparing this child to the abused dog that just gets beat and is just shunned away go lay down go outside shit like that you know i think that 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 imagery was was pretty cool i think yeah then verse two we go uh how terrible his neighborhood was it seems like you know this is outside verse one was inside his home verse two is outside his home in his surroundings school's a nightmare they're shooting all night he gets jumped while walking to the store it does get it gets convoluted here verse two is where it gets convoluted until you pick it back up whenever he kills his mom gets sentenced with the interlude finally escaping and killing his stepdad i think this song although it has some tweaking although it needs to be a little bit more concise verse two needs to clear up because honestly i thought verse three was pretty clear yeah Verse one in verse three, I think, are are very clear verses. It's verse two where it gets a little convoluted. For sure. Uh, and I think I think tightening on verse two would make this song a better song. But overall, I enjoyed this song a lot. Okay. I, I think uh, Man in the Box was an odd choice. I wouldn't have pictured them to... Although, I mean, I guess they love Pearl Jam, so why not incorporate Alice in Chains? Fuck it. Yeah, true. I don't know. Might as well. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next song. The last song. This is the end of the album. This one's called Be Safe. And even before you start, I just want to, I want this to be very, very clear to everybody. Shaggy still isn't gay. If you, if you weren't sure of that, nothing has changed. (laughs) He's still not gay and he's never going to, he's never going to be gay. Okay. What were your thoughts? Uh, before, okay, before I let me let me hit on that. It's it's very far down in my notes, but I'm gonna hit on it now because you brought it up. Why does Shaggy insist on making sure we know he is viciously heterosexual? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's he because he is gay. I don't know. It ha- like at this point, it's just like I feel like I could sit here and talk about the weather about Shaggy, and he'd be like, "Yeah, you know what." I'm not gay, but it is beautiful outside. Like, just like <laughs> shit like that. He seems like that type of person to me now after the past five years worth of shit. Like he's at a restaurant and they go to take his order and he's like, well, first off, I'm not gay. Secondly, yeah, like, I'm going to have a hamburger. Yeah. He's like, you know what? 
I'm not gay, but could you add cheese on my hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah, no, and it, silly. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> okay, so I think that the beat is super sick. Kuma, dude, shouts out to Kuma. This beat is dope. I like it. I think that uh, the the flows work very well with the beat. So the chorus of the song is saying like, "Be safe, take it easy. Your life is precious. You can't replace what you mean to me." Very caring, very caring, right? But like the verses are very confusing to me. It seems like the only clear, concise message in this song is in the chorus. The verses don't make too much sense. Uh, too much sense to me. Although sonically they sound fine, sure. right? Not without the A E I O. Sometimes Y and every time you can't spell without the vowel. You the power source. I like. I don't know. It just gets. It gets very rambly. You know, I had the same issue with the song. That okay. So first off. This is a feel-good song for the end of the album, right? This is yeah, totally... Yeah. They they probably recorded this in Freedom and said, okay, what's the last song going to be? It's going to be one of the two. Because they're the same kind of tone and feel, right? But I started listening to it, and I'm like, okay, this is a song about God. No, wait. This is a song giving credit to their parents? No. This is a song about their friendship? No. Okay, I get it. As I started, as I got deeper into the song, and I listened a couple of times, this is a song giving credit to the Juggalos because without them, ICP would be nothing. That's oh, has okay. to be what it's about because it's it's really confusing. It isn't clear. They don't say that. But the more I listened to it, the more I was like, okay, that's the only way this all makes sense because none of those other ones, like parts of the song would make sense if it was about one of those other concepts. The whole song makes sense when it's about talking to the Juggalos and saying, hey, take care of yourselves and be safe because you mean everything to us. We're nothing without you. I think I could listen to this song four more times and not come to that conclusion. Oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely think that's Um, what it's about. I think that's what it's about. But, but I, I trust you. I see the signs are there. Yes. But I mean, again, I could be wrong. That's the only one that I could think of that did make sense though. All the way through all of those other things made sense at different parts. But that made sense for all of it, I think. Again, I'd have to go back and look. Also, this song is way too long. It's six and a half minutes. This song could have easily been three and a half or four minutes. The end just drags out. It just drags out the end. This is something I feel like early on that we had big problems with. Overall, I'd much rather listen to Ann Arbor Be Safe by Great American Ghost, because that's a way better song (laughs) than this. perfect those are my thoughts and thoughts that they were yeah this the outro was just like come on guys we get it i I, and honestly i think if they would have if like if they would have trimmed the fat where we told them to trim the fat this would be ep length or close to it maybe i I mean they'd have to trim a a few songs out entirely yeah yeah they'd have to but, but hey i'm cool with that all right guys that's our thoughts going track by track Let's talk about our overall thoughts, starting with you, Eric. Eric, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I couldn't have anticipated saying this after last week, but listening to Flip the Rat actually makes me appreciate Fearless Fred Fury 
I hmm. <laughs> I really thought this would be the superior album between the two, but I don't think it is. Uh, I don't know if these are outtakes, but most of these songs I definitely don't think are good. Uh, some have good concepts or good parts, but there's a lot of really dumb stuff here. Across the board, the hooks on this album fucking suck, are just bad. The singing on this album fucking sucks. The music is just okay. There's two or three tracks that I think had had good good music, good beats. Flows and lyrics feel half-assed. I really just, I didn't like this album. I would not go back and listen to this album. Both this and Fearless Fred Fury feel like something they just didn't want to do. Like, hey, we got to put out another Joker's card, but we don't really have the motivation or inspiration to do this. So they mostly just reheated leftover music and flows and other people's songs, especially when you bring in Willoughby Rags and uh, Brother and Gloomy Sunday. It reinforces that idea of interpolating other songs, reinterpreting other songs, uh, bringing back you know, callbacks to their old stuff. It just baffles me that they put the best songs on those EPs and that these two albums don't stand up to those, I guess those three EPs. I think all three of those were better than these two albums. Flip the Rat just was unnecessary. You didn't need to do this. About six of these songs would have been fine to toss on somewhere down the road on A Forgotten Freshness. But uh, those are my thoughts. What'd you think? Yeah, I think this very much so feels like something that they felt obligated to do rather than they felt inspired to do. Yeah. Which I think is the first time we can say that confidently for a Joker's card. For almost anything that they've um, done. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that those three EPs far surpass Fearless Fred Fury and Flip the Rat. I don't think Flip the Rat... I mean, well, I know it didn't add anything to the Dark Carnival lore. It didn't add anything to my thoughts about Fearless Fred Fury. It kind of exists. And like I like you said, I would love to see or I would I wouldn't love to see it. I would be okay with seeing some of these a little bit later down the road on something else. Uh, if this didn't exist, but now this exists and they're here now, Yeah. Uh, even though they could have been reworked into something truly great. Like there's, there is a lot of potential in this album that could have been worked into something that's truly great that not necessarily did it feel rushed, but it felt passionless. Even on the stuff that we've listened to of theirs that we didn't like or stuff that we we're like musically, this is a big miss. It always felt like they were invested in it, you know? The closest yeah. would have been some of the stuff on Bizarre might have felt a little out there and, and weird, like a thing we have to do. But even that didn't feel as convoluted and passionless as these albums did to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would love to see a scenario where both Fearless Fred Fury and Flip the Rat gets reworked and re-released. Not that it's going to happen. I, there's no way it will. Yeah. But I would love to see that. I don't know. I don't know what to think about all this. It was two in a row that were tough to listen to, and I don't understand why in this second deck they can't release an album that's a Joker's card. I think if they would have taken the best tracks from Fearless Fred Fury and Flip the Rat and really refined them, they could have made one much better album than either of these two individually were. But I don't know why every Joker's card has to be multiple albums. Just put out one fucking album and let it be what it is. Exactly. Exactly. 
you're trying to get a little too fancy with it and by that and by doing so your content is lacking yeah yeah by putting out everything Um, you're showing us the bad stuff and the good stuff just give us the good stuff and the bad stuff doesn't have, have to be scrapped forever yeah you know rework parts of it into you can take one bad song i've done this lyrically i could take one bad song i've written lyrically and turn it into five good songs by taking the pieces from that bad song that i wrote that were good and reworking them into something else now obviously we are not nearly as successful as icp has been and they're the ones that have had a a long you know career (laughs) speak for yourself but i'm just i'm just saying like uh, as a listener, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not giving you business advice. As a listener, I'm just saying this is what I would have wanted. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm not here for you to consult, right? Because you know more than me. But this, is, as a listener and as a fan, this is what we want, right? Exactly. What we would have done in your situation, yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, with that being said, let's let's put some personal favorite tracks on our playlist, huh? How? Uh, I have one I can think of. Do you have one? Yeah, I didn't really like any of these songs. I thought Splish Splash was fun. I guess that would be the one I would pick, I guess. I'm going to overlook how convoluted one of the verses is because I don't think I don't think it should I should punish the whole song that I really enjoyed uh, just for one verse. And I think I'm going to put on the dog. Oof, brutal. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I after hearing your thoughts on it, I have I had a feeling I didn't know how how well that would go over. Yeah, that's but, uh, that's uh, yeah, it's a that's a song. I thought you were gonna put "I'm That Type" just randomly on there, but uh, okay, oh. <laughs> okay, "I'm That Type" had the best feature, but I just I don't know. I really like the story of the dog. Well, all right, and, then and that's honestly, what goes on. Split splash, split splash probably would have been if I had to pick a second kind of thing. Yeah. These are definitely not the two songs I'm most proud to put on our playlist. No, 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 no. If there was any time I would skip on the playlist, this would be where I would most likely skip. Yeah. Is uh, track number 95 and track number 96, Splish Splash and The Dog. Oh, we're getting close to 100. 96 songs. Yes. Six hours and 59 minutes. I love it. It's insane. But a bop, bop, bop. Well... Should we get to our uh, Fago scores? God, let's do it. Music and beats. I think this is by far what I liked the best out of these works of art. I think the good stuff was really good. The bad stuff was pretty bad. I went ahead and went two and a half for music and beats. I also went two and a half because I didn't think there was any beats that were terrible. There were two or three that I thought were good, but most of them, very much like Fearless Fred Fury, were just middle of the road to me. Just okay. So that's what I did. Lyrics and flows, a lot needs to be worked on. I mean, not even talking about how terrible the singing, famously terrible the singing is on this album, but just like not... A single song was clear, concise with its message. It was a lot of convoluted stuff with some weird lines here and there. Plus with, you know, like you said, the QAnon stuff. Uh, I, I went with a one and a half on lyrics and flows. 
Well, we are aligned still because I also went with a one and a half. Uh, all the bad singing was a big challenge for me. Some of the oddly recycled flows were... I don't know oh, if that yeah. was supposed to be cool or if it was being lazy. I'm not sure. But lyrically, there's a lot of just some of it's problematic. Some of it's bad. Some of it's goofy and lazy. It just it, it didn't work across the board for me. So 1.5. Vibe at the time of the release. This one is going to be my worst score because this, I think, misses every vibe at the time of release for ICP. It did not do a good job hyping up Fearless Fred Fury, which is what a sideshow is supposed to do. It did not further the lore of the Dark Carnival in any way. I gave it a one. This, I mean, and, and like we said, this is this felt very obligatory for them rather than something that they're passionate about. And... That sucks. That's tough. You know, I, I I get as an artist, as somebody that puts their creativity out for the world to listen to and, and then judge, I get feeling uninspired some days. I get feeling like you don't want to do something like I understand that and that's okay. But when you're in that sort of obligation feeling that's when you should be doing things to get inspired again rather than putting things that are uninspired out. Does that make sense? Sure. My challenge with this is twofold. Number one, the last Joker's card was two sides of, of one album that I think for us, and I would hope amongst much of the fan base, are is one of the best jokers cards it changed things up it brought them into a very modern era while still being them it allowed them to on one hand be very serious and and dark and on another hand be very positive and uplifting and and it felt inspired right even if we are wrong yeah. about them feeling obligated to do this album and feeling uninspired if we're wrong on that there is something about this that feels for the first time in a long time, like you have lost touch a little bit with what you're doing. I don't know. It feels lost. It feels convoluted. And the addition of Flip the Rat feels less like, hey, this was an important thing for us to include or tell. And more like we were indecisive. We couldn't decide what songs to put on the album. And I don't want to leave these off. So we're going to put these out there at the same time. So here's a bunch of other yeah. songs as well. Not songs that are better, not songs that are adding to the lore or just so damn good that people had to hear them. Just we've got these songs and we want to put them out there. I feel like putting it out at the same time as Fearless Fred Fury doesn't help anything. They should have waited. It could have been a later EP down the road. It could have been something that they reworked and kept six songs or eight songs that they thought were particularly good and really figured out what is the story of Flip the Rat and how do we do something. But it it played more like a, here are the songs that weren't on Fearless Fred Fury. Here's the extra songs that didn't quite make it. And yeah. for that reason, I actually think it detracts from Fearless Fred Fury. I think it makes this, what is essentially a double album, worse. I gave it a one. So we aligned in everything. We did. We aligned on every score. I love that for us. I do too. Honestly. 
So here's our overall score. When you average that out, this comes out to 1.67 Fagos, which makes this a 1.5 Fago release. God. Yeah. Savor it. That's all I got to say. Just savor it. Just savor it. Just savor it. Flip the rat. Listen, you're a little tiny rat, so you'll be able to survive off of one and a half Fagos yeah. for longer than that's all than need. Fred would. Yeah, that's all you uh, need. One and a half. You're, so you'll, be, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Guys, I can't wait to never talk about this EP again. Let's not. And we're going to do that by reviewing something completely different next week. And that is 2019's Forgotten Freshness, Volume 6. I have been very much so looking forward to Volume 6 of Forgotten Freshness. Not about you. I'm actually super interested to hear this one. And I'm also kind of excited about it because that's the last 2019 release. After that, we head into 2020, which has one EP. And then we're, we're, we're headed up to current. We're very close to current at this point. We are incredibly close to current at this point. Yeah. And uh, can I be honest? I'm scared. I'm a little scared too. I'm glad that you're also feeling scared. We will be scared together, but we will face it head on. Yeah. We will uh, fight back against our fear. Oh, we will definitely fight back. Also, we, uh, we are not going to be gone forever after we catch up to current. So don't worry about that. No, we will talk more about that as the weeks wane on as they do another thing that we're going to do aside from just episodes is uh just this past week we had a fantastic evening movie night watching killer clowns from outer space uh with our friends with some of you and we'll continue to do that as a matter of fact the next movie night wednesday june 30th so join us i'll put the link for the Griscord, our Discord, in, I said ours, but it's yours. But that's where we hang out for movie night. It's, it's where we hang out. It's ours. It's the official ICUP with we Discord. But the link is in the description. Exactly. And, man, is it a fun time. It is a fun time. I had a great time. Uh, we will announce. So last week, we watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Which, uh, which by the way, usually when we talk about our listens and stuff almost every week eric you say that you force christy to listen to whatever we were reviewing in the car at some point yes generally yeah i did the same thing with emily uh when we were on our way to target and i made her listen to the killer clowns from outer space theme song by the dickies twice in a row uh (laughs) she did not want to hear it once really because it's uh, so fucking good it is such a good song that that riff still is stuck in my head. Yeah, it's killer. It clowns from outer space, believe sure. it or not. Guys, so we have that that coming up as well as an episode, obviously, next week coming up to until then, Eric, where can they find us? I'll tell you what. If you want to keep up with us in between episodes, or even while you're listening to one, you can find us on Twitter, I-C-U-P-W-W-E. It's that simple. You can tweet at us, or you can DM us, whatever. Or, if you're more of an email-type ninja, we've got a Gmail, like most people do. But ours, unlike most other people, is I-C-U-P-W-W-E at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find just me, you can find me on Twitter at Nuclear is Lonely, or you can check out my website, ericconway.com. Aaron, 
where can they find you? Did you know that Gmail is short for G-Spot Mailer Damon? Uh, I did, actually, yes. Yeah, it's the Mailer Damon's G-Spot. Yeah, is, I, uh, uh, all, all emails that are sent through Gmail uh, give bring the Mailer Damon that much closer to a full O. I read a I read an, an article about that recently. Yeah, we're just making this this mailer Damon come every day, <laughs> just shooting emails back and forth. Hey, if you want to pleasure the mailer Damon, hit us up. Email us. Yeah, <laughs> that that should be a thing. If you want to pleasure the mailer Damon, uh, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> that should be a thing that we should continue for a very 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 long time, in my opinion. And maybe we uh, will. Maybe we will. <laughs> You know what? Tune in next week to see if we uh, request for you to pleasure the mailer, Damon. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, I am on Twitch three days a week. Twitch.tv slash Gristle Media. Come hang out. Stream a lot of fun games with a lot of fun people. Uh, get to know me and uh, all my shit there because we have a fantastic time. Uh, if you want to get in contact with any of my socials, as well as my email, you can go to www.aaronlocklear.com. That it has a link to all my socials, as well as a link to my Etsy store where I sell original artwork, as well as commissioned pet paintings. You can also find my merch store on my website as well. But, 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 but that's about it. You can't find happiness on my website. Can't find love. Can't online shop for groceries on my website. You can't get ordained as a minister on my website you can't file legal documents on my website eric have you is there anything that you've tested out on my website that you can't do that you want to throw in this list yes i tried to renew my registration for my car and it didn't work ah yeah no that section of my website is actually currently down right now right i tried to book a vacation and it didn't work i tried to listen to music it didn't really work very well. Wouldn't it be funny if I started a music streaming service called com? I tried to download videos from the early 90s uh, of bootleg episodes of Full House. It didn't work. Well, I mean, you wouldn't steal a car, so why would you do that? I would steal a car, and I would download episodes of Full House. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. I think both are fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Carjacking, baby. There's a th- there's how we could tie it back into uh, ICP. Perfect. Um, glad to know we ended this on a concise note. Yeah, good. I- I'm glad that we didn't trail off into babbling nothingness. God, I am uh, so worried for when somebody starts a-, a podcast or whatever the future format for this type of content is, where they review each episode of our show, and there's a point where they're like. Well, this is the part where they just stop talking about ICP and they get, it's just so convoluted. I don't know. It's about breakfast. It's about golf. It's about what you can do on their websites and can't do. I'm, I'm so nervous for when that happens. Guys, if you're ever going to review this podcast, promise me something. You will review each episode from like the half an hour marker till like, the hour and 45 minute marker you know what would be better first 15 or 20 minutes that would be good actually that that, i think that would be good i think that could make for some funny stuff maybe guys it's been amazing until next time for eric i'm aaron big old whoop whoop out there goodbye
forget to do that don't forget i have the outline i have the lyrics i have the album cover i have hopes for having an amazing time doing this hey i don't think you need to just hope i have confidence i have charisma i have strength do you be anybody who i want to be is that a thing sure okay that's my hype. That's my hype up before every episode. You just you've never heard me do it before. Oh, I don't have one. I probably should. That would probably help. Oh, you me. should. Maybe you should be like, oh, freak out. Maybe I should. Maybe that I should be our should. thing. We should always do it together. If we if we recorded together in the same room every week, I feel like we could have some sort of like hand motion where we put our palms together and. You know, yes. make big circles and we go, oh, freak out, oh, freak out. And then we go straight into it. OK, well, I mean, I think that we could do the all freak out and then go straight into it if you're ready. We could try. All right. I'm going to count us off. Three, two, one, and then skip a beat of silence. And then, oh, oh freak out. How many counts is the awe? Um, four four yeah four and then freak out will be just on the out yeah. would be on the downbeat of the yeah. five ready yeah one two three 